one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. I'm Zan, and I'll be your GM. Thank you for joining us today. As always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. The Ogarek is in working condition, and now it's time for the travelers to make the trip back to Legam, with significantly more people in tow than when they departed. The trip is straightforward, but the plains of Gitaru are rarely safe. The past is laid to rest, conversation is attempted, and food is gathered. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallrin, and Jory follow the Echo back home. Listen to the Rhapsody. Start the broadcast. Verse 3 to break the silence. The final relay lies southwest, the transmitter. The tower's base will open with song. Do not engage till you're ready to go. Listen to the Rhapsody. Break the silence. You will be transmitted to the tumult. Listen to the Rhapsody. Break the silence. I apologize because my brain is nowhere, apparently. I meant to give you all two XP for finishing up the Ogarek. Ah, okay. How many you said? Two. Two. Two? And when do we level up? Is it five? Is it four or five? You can pick an advancement at four with by spending four XP. Okay. Cool. And uh, once you hit your fourth advancement, you go up a tier. Right. Which I think Smallrin should be close to, because the other, the two of you. Yeah, I've yeah. got I this I that just put me over to four XP, so I I'm Same. taking my last tier one advancement, and then after that okay. I'll be able to go up. You go up now, actually. Yeah. With you go up as fourth. soon as you take the fourth. Oh, I take the fourth, and then I go to two. Mm-hmm. Oh. Going to actually take mine really quickly. I'm going to sure. remove my inability to understand Numenera. Doing it more recently, and it makes sense. So I, I still take whatever um, advancement, whatever mm-hmm. that fourth advancement. Would yeah. Be. So what was what was your fourth advancement? Um, let me see. I've already taken an edge. I've already taken a plus to a stat. I've already taken a new skill. So if I take a plus one to effort, does that mean I just permanently have plus one effort? How, or or does that mean when I apply effort, it's plus two? For each additional level of effort, it will ease the task by another step. So if you add plus one to your effort, you can ease something two steps. 
but for every level that you do, it still costs three from your pool. So if you, you can apply two levels of effort, so say you had an intellect task and you want to lower it by two levels, you, you could, assuming that you had an effort of two, but you'd have to spend six. So it's an effort cap you're raising. Yes. Right now, you can only spend one level. Oh, okay. I, okay. I get it. So if you want to spend... if you want So to as, long, able, as long as I have the points in my pool, I would be able yeah. to add an extra. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. You have the ability to spend more effort, should you like. And, and if you have edge, that takes one off the total. So, for example, you were doing that intellect task, and you decide to spend two effort, you would have to spend six, but if you have edge of one, for example, it would take one off the top, not one off of every level, so you would still spend five. Just trying to find the jack because I'm thinking I might might want to take another an extra special ability. I, I think I'm gonna take as my tier one advancement late inspiration. You retry a task you failed within the past minute using the same difficulty and modifiers, except this time you have an asset on the task. If this retry fails, you can't use this ability to retry it again. Okay, cool, uh, awesome. And then at your second tier, you get a skill. Um, or become specialized in a skill you already have training in. Mm-hmm. The only one I'm s- going to say that I'm not, I may not let you take <laughs> expert, not expertise. Um, specialization is espionage <laughs> at the moment. Darn it. Oh, but that's, that's the thing she's best at. <laughs> I know, but it's kind of a that's, catch-all. <laughs> that's, it's all the things. It's great. It's all that and a bag of chips. Um... If you're not gonna let me do that, I will. It's really <laughs> if you really want to take that, you can. Um, remind me what specialization that eases things by two it eases steps. Eases it another step. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually I would like to be specialized in that's espionage. Fine. Yeah, that's fine. And then you get another trick of the trade, either a one from the first tier or a new one from the second tier. Uh-huh. It also says uh, I can select a lower tier. Uh, glaive yes. fighting move or nano esoteri. Um, let me see. See, the way that they describe poisons is really annoying to me because they talk about increasing the poison's level, but then nowhere do they yeah. say what that means. It means that it affects something of that level. So if you tried to stab something that is a level 3 with a level 2 poison, it doesn't do much. Oh, okay. Not taking encouraging presence. That's not what this is about. Um, no, but intense interaction is one that I thought might be interesting. Illusory duplicate is also really tempting. That's also though. very cool. Yeah, I think intense interaction might be the way I want to go. Awesome, and that gives you assets in intimidating, persuading, and influencing for ten minutes when you activate it. Nice. You float back through the swim room, and you make it, you kind of pop back down through, and if you remember, there's the the membrane that was below, and you pop out onto the disc that is still floating there, and it wobbles a bit. Who lands first? Who goes first? I do. Okay. I want you to make me a speed check balance, which I believe you're trained in. I am... Let's take a look here. Difficulty? 
Okay. Trained. Roll. Success with a nine. Nice. Close. <laughs> nice. All right. So yeah, you're able to land. You catch your balance. Do you get off? Do you stay on as other people come through? Because you are 10 feet in the air right now. Yeah, I'm going to stay on because I know we're going to have to like drop this thing a little bit to get down. Okay. Um, and I can kind of help catch people as they land. Awesome. Awesome. With Nehemiah's help, I'm not going to make anyone else make that roll. Just because he is the one that has that, that training. So you all drop down and you're all on this disc. You start answering questions to get it to float down. <laughs> what do you answer? What are the answers you give to random questions? Smallrin just kind of starts chanting yes and no in a random <laughs> pattern. <laughs> I will chant uh, never and always. <laughs> Good. Nehemiah just says sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. Very good. Excellent. There's a, there's a very like, uh, okay, what is it? Potapal's thing. You know, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, we get this weird very ticking sort time of, bomb. Like, yeah, there's this weird know. synergy that happens where mysterious ticking yeah. sound how does molly molly was up there with us right yeah yes. so he also is there and kind of looks around as you guys are just answering the questions and he understands the purpose of it by this point it was figured out earlier um but instead of saying anything actually makes note of smallerin's yes and no's and figures out what it says in binary hmm. interesting <laughs> looks down he's like it's gibberish i wish it said something but it doesn't i'm sorry Little does he know, Smallrun's not speaking binary, she's speaking Morse code. Oh. <laughs> Even better. Ah, uh, good. Which, off the top of my head, I actually don't know whether those are in any way matched up or not. I don't think they are. But I mean, look, they could be. A billion years in the future, who's to say? Who's to say? That, that's true. That's true. Monkeys, typewriters, Shakespeare, who knows? Right. They'd probably get King John first. <laughs> probably. I saw, Suss it I, down. <laughs> I saw a great TikTok, which was uh, it was it was like a sound that someone had created that this is what your whatever says about mm -hmm. you, but someone had made visual to it, which this is what your favorite uh, Shakespeare play says about you. Yes, and yes. they got to King John. King they were John. like, "This is you're lying. Favorite. You're a lying liar lying. who lies. This is no <laughs> one's favorite." Yes, I also saw that one. Cassie sent it to me. Good. Very good. Um, it's uh, it's a bad play. Uh, sorry. Anyway, sorry to take a little Shakespeare de Shakespeare detour. detour. But... It's. It's cross promotion. Yeah, it, it 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 is no cro cross promotion. Uh, also, uh, Zach and Griffin's multiversal pet shop has done multiple episodes about uh, creatures of the ninth world. Their most just... recent one, I don't know. I I don't think they intended to do this, but they have covered no. a lot of things that we have touched on in that one episode. Oh, of yeah. the four that they did, three. Mm -hmm are things that you either have regularly or at least briefly encountered. No, yes. I was I was listening to that episode and when they were talking about the frilled ball, I was like, "Oh, I have one of their claws in my pack." Like, I can yeah. I know exactly a, what that poison does. And you have a pet one back at Legam. You have do. Sling. Mm -hmm. Oh, I forgot uh, Sling was a frilled ball. Yeah. 
And it was a blink and you'll miss it moment, but like the chance moth, which oh, hey, Zan, we're gonna take yeah. we're gonna take a moment here. Hey Zan, yeah. Hey Zan, the hundred on that one, yeah. Hey Zan, the hey we're, the the world could have just ended yes, apparently it could have. with that tweeting chance moth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could have, and I took that chance. And I let know you, roll you that. did, and I would <sighs> have. I know you would happened. have, because you don't flinch. Yeah. No, no. Zan don't flinch. Zan do not. I know what I throw at you. Hey, you guys should, anyone listening should go check out Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop because they have a couple really cool Luminera-based episodes. Absolutely. It's awesome stuff. It's a lot of fun. every other universe, also Shakespeare. Yes. Also Shakespeare. So we're floating. With enough of the answers given, the yes, no, always, sometimes, never, eventually the disc settles back down onto the ground. It's still wobbly because it's not sitting in that cradle that you guys took it from. But you are able to exit off of that back onto the second level that you had crossed to. And the three automatons are waiting there. They have gathered up the remnants of disassembled and ruined friend into kind of a... Imagine like uh, C-3PO being carried by Chewie in that kind of weird net and kind of all jumbled together. Yeah. They've gathered the pieces and parts together into a, a satchel of that like. Mm-hmm. Yes, Rin. Uh, quick question, and sorry if this was covered and I forgot. Is there a little dog following me? Yes, there is. I just wanted to check. Yes. You were able to coax it through all the way up to this, and it is following along with you. It mm. is staying very close to you and seems incredibly attentive and doesn't do almost anything unless you give it a direct order to. I choose to only see the bright side of this and ignore any possibility that something could go very wrong. And uh, yeah, we'll go with that. It does have four limbs and it does kind of have something that looks akin to a head with like a sensor, but it kind of has like claws and weird like fin-like things coming off of it. You also get the sense that this isn't necessarily the only way that these look the way that molly described grief steel is that it's more kin to a state yes these are our companions robot companions that were abandoned or left behind from a prior era and now are stricken with such grief and longing that they either lash out or wander the world in search of a new master i'm just gonna say this for the benefit of the people playing along at home but it kind of looks like a cross between uh mushu from uh the original animated mulan and some sort of mechanical crab right right mushu and wally Ooh, yeah you okay like spikier Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> Mushu, Wally, and a Beyblade. That's somehow accurate. I'll hop off the disc and address our robotic companions. Okay. All right. I think we're all set here. You ready to get? We've been ready. Okay. Let's go. Uh, Molly, is there anything else you wanted to do while we're here? Um, I wanted to take Gart's body with us. Oh. Um, just to bury it, maybe? 
Yeah, I was going to say, we don't want to, I mean, yes, but, you know, it's going to be dangerous as soon as we get out, especially I, if... I know. Um, All right. I just don't want to... No, I I understand. And I'll go and I'll get Gart. Okay. As you unplug the body from the wall and lift it up, and it... You expect the armor and, and weapons and things to, like move around when you pick up a you know a piece of armor or have something in hand it has a, a movement to it but everything is so fused to this person's body that it just adds weight it doesn't shift around awkwardly it's just dense i would you like some help i think i got him okay i'm not going to make you make any sort of might check for that i'll just Mm-hmm. Say that you can do that, no problem. It, Thank even you. if it might be a little cumbersome. Hard. Cumbersome. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> I can adjective. It's not heavy, it's just awkward. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the way out from the second level is through yet another membrane, this time um, not through any sort of swim room, but down through to the first level where gravity is very low. So you jump down through that membrane, float down to the base, and you have the apertures that are there. They are currently closed, and Joy, you remember you sang to to close them originally. Mm -hmm. Sure did. Um, So, theoretically, doing something similar would open them back up. I stretch, I uh, exercise my mouth and jaw and tongue a bit, and I will start to sing then. It's warm up, it's good. You should do that. Did you mean exercise? Exercise? <laughs> yeah, because you said exercise. Exercise? I meant you exercise. You said exercise. I did say exercise. That took a strange turn. Uh, no, I yeah, that's why I'm... I don't do that. I was like, what, what did I say? Everyone's looking that, at me that, like I'm crazy. That would be much more Exercise. of a small thing than a jury. <laughs> I don't do that. I don't do because that. Because that, that's why I gave that face because I was like, Jesus. <laughs> I work out my facial muscles and sure. then I sing. The apertures slowly begin to open back up. Mm. You also remember that you should probably keep singing because there were those... Yes, the mean, whip- mean whips. Yep. Oh, yep. forgot about those. I will continue to soothe the tentacles so that we can descend. And similar to this room, the gravity right below the Orgorek is also lesser than normal. You descend faster, the effect becomes weaker, so gravity becomes stronger as you continue to descend. So you descend faster, but not so fast that it is problematic or you sustain any damage. And you land on the ground. Molly kind of looks to Nehemiah, holding guard, says, uh, should we do this here? Should we, um... I just didn't want to leave them up there. Um, Your call. Your friend. We are 
in a graveyard, so... Apt. Or we can take them out of it, if you would prefer. This is the kind of place I feel they would like. Numenera and all that. It doesn't need to be anything fancy, just, uh, you know... I saw a big one over here. Okay, that, that'd be good. You find a bigger stone, and... Molly honestly suggests d- just digging a relatively shallow hole and putting the stone over top as a marker slash sarcophagus lid, essentially. Mm. Would our uh, our grief steel uh, crab puppy be able to help with the digging? Sure. If Jory gets if Jory, if Jory. Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, it starts digging. I look very proud. Pretty efficient at it, actually. Good. Yeah. I forget. Did I name it? Does anybody remember? I think you named it Blue. <gasps> I did. I would have. That makes perfect <laughs> sense. <laughs> Go Blue, said the Michigan fan. Ah, yeah. Don't judge me. Oh, Chase. Oh, no. God. I, uh, I never thought it would happen this way, but I don't think we could be <laughs> I, friends anymore. <laughs> I'm just really confused how we got to this moment. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> because Blue is digging. <laughs> no, I get it. Oh, okay, all right, all right. You mean as, as like humans, how it, mm-hmm. yes. how, did, how did it come to this? Yeah. Yeah. How we got to a point where Rin is expressing an opinion about a football team. I was going to say, how long have I known you and I had no idea you had any opinion on sports balls? I like football. I know who the head coach of the Browns is. Apparently Jory does too. Yes, surprise. Jory is a huge football fan. When you can't get out of your character voice. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Ah, I'm trying to warm up to it because it's been too long and I feel like I sound stupid. It's fine. It's okay. I encourage Blue to help us in the digging of this grave. Gravesteel does so. Thank you. Automatons kind of just watch on vaguely impatiently, like they're constantly looking around and kind of pacing a little bit. They don't do anything to help. They don't stop you, but it's clear that they are not particularly keen on waiting any longer, but you take the time to let Molly have his his peace with his lost friend. Uh, he takes a moment, kind of graveside, before with the help of, of Nehemiah and everyone else kind of tipping this giant stone down over top and then turns to you all and nods. Th- thank you. I feel a little better moving on now. Let's go. All right. And you start moving southward through the graveyard. We lose track of our avatrols. Did they run away, or did we leave them somewhere? Your anine. Anine. That's what it was. Yes. You do have them still. You did tie them up um, a little bit outside of the area before you kind of approach the clearing underneath the structure. So you grab them. Oh, is, are there any flowers nearby? There are not. There's not a whole lot of greenery in this area. Mostly the stones. <clears throat> Box ladder. Oh. I would like you to meet Blue. 
<laughs> Maybe this is box ladder. I forgot. <laughs> box ladder is taken aback by your newfound pet and doesn't particularly like being close. Now, now wait, it, it doesn't mean I love you any less. Okay. <laughs> it's just, it's apples and oranges, so. You get the feeling that box ladder is incredibly jealous. I'm sorry. It's okay, it's okay. We're gonna go. I'm back, see? So just let's just go need on. Some, and... some positive reinforcement. Maybe try feeding them at the same That's time. That's true. Yeah, oh, there you go. You left and came back with a new thing that you uh, gave a name? I'm a filthy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you gather your anemone. It's still slow going through the stones with them. It's kind of awkward. They're relatively large and their big hind legs kind of get in the way sometimes, but it's not hard. It's just slow going to get through everything. At this point, I'm going to use a GM intrusion. Ruh -roh. Jory. Yes. You get the kind of a tingling sensation, like the hairs on the back of your neck stand up a little bit, and off to the left, you see one of the Riven, these phase-shifted creatures, these creatures stuck between dimension. Nope. And it's not bothering you, it's actually looking the other way. Okay. But one of the automatons is about to turn and see it, and you know that this is not going to be a good interaction should these creatures uh, interact. So you can let it happen and take one XP, or and, and as well as one XP to give to a fellow player, or you can give me one XP, spend one, to make this interaction a non-issue. Let me. I'm going to do jumping jacks. I don't know. Hey, what it, what is that? It, I think I see some movement up ahead. It, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It looks very benign, but it's moving, and uh, maybe we should look at it just in case. The automatons all kind of look that way, and the, the one, the leader, kind of goes, I see nothing. Your eyes are faulty. Certainly possible, but I'm going to go ahead and check, and I will race my Indian ahead. Okay. Better safe than sorry. Yeah. Let's keep going that way, then. You kind of race your knee ahead, everyone else following. The grief steel kind of picks up pace, and these these robots, these, you know, automatons actually keep pace pretty well. Not perfectly, they're not as fast as your mounts, but they are definitely faster than you guys on foot. Unsettling. Takes a little while, but you eventually make it to the outskirts of the graveyard and are now back on the open plains of Kataru. You press forward a little while longer, and eventually it's dark enough that you're going to need to make camp. How would you like to set up watches and or systems of making sure that things don't come to blows? I'll pull us up short. Right. We're going to stop here for a night. Everybody all right with that? If you believe this place to be defensible. Defensible as anything else for miles around. This is our best spot. 
Very well. Alright. What level of rest do uh, you three need? We need times of inactivity. Shut okay. down. Reset. Very well. I think all of us would rest better if um, there was one of each of us awake at different points, just to ensure a good balance of um, observation. We can agree to this. All right. I'll um, I'll take first watch. Second. And I the last. Very good. Molly kind of looks, am I sleeping then? Yes. You've had a day. You've had a day. You take a sleep. All right. That's, you can cover okay. for one of us tomorrow night. Yeah, sounds good. You set up the watches, one of mm-hmm. each of these automatons. Yep. With each of you, and it's kind of awkward. Nothing happens. You hear animals in the distance. You hear sounds of herds of creatures moving about or the typical nighttime flora and fauna noises. But other than that, these beings don't really make conversation. They patrol very robotically, for lack of a better word, kind of around the area that you have set up around the perimeter. As each of you has your time with them, you get the sense that these are incredibly tactics-minded beings. That they are relatively constantly thinking about the best way to achieve something, about the most defensible position, about the the what-ifs if they were to be attacked, that kind of stuff. Literally, in some cases, overturning every rock to see what is behind it, making sure that every little sound is investigated. But nothing happens. Nothing approaches you, nothing attacks or anything like that. Other than it being a very awkward passing of the night, it is relatively calm. I will try very hard to create conversation with my compatriot, my fellow awake buddy. I would also take, like, a stab at it. Probably not as tough as, as uh, Jory, but... All right. Let's start with Nehemiah, then. So, um... Where are y'all from? The plains. Okay. Uh, h- how long you been wandering plains? Nothing that is information that I have. That long, huh? Literally. What are you looking for? Just Numenera, or...? You get the sense that it's thinking. It doesn't really have a lot of expression, but it pauses and computes for a moment. Something else might be classified. So classified you don't know? Can I find this information? Fair enough. I ain't trying to give you a crisis, just trying to pass the time. Time passes regardless. Yeah, ain't wrong. He'll let it go at that. 
Jory, what do you? What kind of conversation do you try to make? I feel like it's going to be a little more jovial. What's <laughs> What's your name? Um, what's your favorite constellation? What is your perfect Sunday? <laughs> okay, so you ask, "What's your name?" Mm. And you get names are meaningless. Ah, but I disagree because they designate in between individuals, which can be very useful. There's no need to designate when your minds are connected. You've got me there. Moving on. What's your favorite constellation? No longer exists. That took a turn for the sad. Do you know why? Something happened? No. Stars come and go. Yes, they do. You must be very old, which as soon as it came out of my mouth sounded very rude. So I'm going to move on. What's your perfect Sunday? A-E or A-Y? Um, you know what? We'll go with both. What's your favorite type of Sunday on a Sunday? At the Sunday station. <laughs> it, again, kind of looks at you, computes for a moment. That series of words has no meaning to me. That's a shame. Do you eat? Not like you do. Ah, so you don't consume nutrition. You continue to get, like, either very confusing and concerning answers or very curt one-word answers. I will only cease my questions when, if I get the impression that it starts to think that I'm a threat after <laughs> all this. Like... You get the sense that it thinks you're annoying. Okay, well, that's appropriate. <laughs> I will then talk about all of my favorite things. Just, uh things lively. It silently listens. I'm going to make the assumption that Smallrin makes no attempt at small talk. No, none whatsoever. Smallrin passes the night, gazing into the darkness. Um, she does play a uh, brisk but mostly silent game of I Spy with the Ogren orb. Um, but it's difficult because it's dark out. <laughs> That's fair. I spy something dark green. <laughs> Motions to the entire planes. Tries to keep it lively. Morning breaks. Pack up camp and head on your way once again. You have about now seven days to get back to Legam. And... In looking at your rations, you have about five days' worth because you threw a lot of jerky at the Yavik in that grove of trees. I think it was worth the experience. No, no, jer personally. jerky well spent, but... <laughs> jerky well spent. We've also got another person with us. Yes, we do. We do. And Molly does um, say, I have some rations with me it's not a lot and I was also kind of stuck in that place for a while so I went through most of what I had they kind of gestures they tried to get me get me stuff like small rodents and things it wasn't great but um I can maybe help myself out for a day we can I mean we're, we're gonna have to do some hunting as this goes on I think. or forging uh, six of one, half dozen of the other. Mm 
but protein will become important very soon. Um, and yeah, as the days go on, I, Nehemiah will slowly ramp up the urgency of hunting. Sure. Well, and Smallrin will be basically like dialing in the Ogren orb that like, hey, this is a fun new game. Like, here's here's uh, some plants I know are edible. Find them. Find them. Keeps it from being impatient all the time. It does. Two birds, one stone. Literally, that's what it finds. <laughs> Small one, go ahead and roll me perception. Awesome. You are trained because of that friendly orb in your brain. Yes. Uh, what level would you like? Three. I'm going to ask that. I'm not spending a point of effort yet. Nah, you know what? I'm going to spend a point of effort. This is serious business. This is food. Success with a 19. Minor effect. Or plus three damage. <laughs> yes, you do plus three damage to the plants. Mm -hmm. No, you have a minor effect. Any thought on what you would like the minor effect to be? Does it have to have a lot to do with what I'm actually doing? <laughs> what? <are you> yes? <laughs> what are you asking? In the course of my diligent, like, sweeping for plants, I want to strike up an uneasy, sort of, you know, mutually respectful friendship with one of the automatons. I don't think that's going to be applicable <laughs> in this sense. All right. You could, you, could, you could impress them with your foraging capabilities, perhaps. That's kind of what I was going for. Okay. Okay. You find a very hidden away little patch of uh, edible tubers and tubers. pull them up. Tubers. You can't go without nope, seeing nope, it. Cannot. Nope. You pull them up and kind of like, you know, showing each other like, oh, you know, there's a, there's a good number here. This will, you know, serve to help us a lot as we continue traveling. And one of the sometimes just kind of like looks over and gives you a very curt nod of, of approval. Good. <laughs> Excellent. Also, uh, while I am, like, s scanning for things, I also want to be on the lookout for flowers for the anine to bribe them with. Yeah, you find some. Easily. You gotta keep on the right side of your anine. You can find some bribery flowers. Bribe flowers. I would also like to do that because I yep. have a broken heart to try to mend. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We'll get to your, your jealous anine in a moment. But, Nehemiah, you are looking for... Small game, big game, what are you, just anything? I, yeah, anything, like, ideally big game, so we've got to do this once. Okay. But if, if small game is what is to be had, then then that's what we've got. Okay. I would like you to roll. Go ahead and perception investigation, either one would work, because you're, it's not just, like, noticing in the moment, it's also kind of like a very... Yeah. Intense and yeah, you're looking. Okay. Difficulty? Three. Three. Okay. I will spend for that. Success with a 20. Ooh, awesome. With a major effect. Yeah. Any thoughts on what you would like the major effect to be? I find something that is big and easy to kill and I just take it down. Perfect. You hear in the kind of, not in the distance, but in the, the short distance upcoming. You hear kind of a pained lowing, pained groan of some sort of animal. As you kind of make your way up towards where the sound is kind of riding ahead of everyone else to check it out, 
you find an injured griffalo. A griffalo is a quadrupedal animal, relatively like muscular frame, but this big, long, like thick neck that ends in kind of a very flat face with large tusks and kind of a, a flared nose with not spikes, but almost like frilled um, feather-like things coming off the top of its head, kind of somewhere between like lion, a boar, and a hyena. Uh-huh. And not only is it injured and probably well on its way to being dead already, this is actually a very highly sought-after cured meat source. Mm-hmm. And so this is this is going to be a good, good catch for you. Awesome. Yeah, I will go ahead and finish taking it out. Yep. Don't even have to misery. roll for it. Yep. It kind of groans as you do so, but it's... Griffalo are known for their very empathetic and almost human-like eyes. And Ooh. so as you do that, it almost gives you a, a look of thanks. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of meat now, more than enough to sustain you for the handful of days uh, of missing rations that you had. All right. All right. Meat's back on the menu, boys. <laughs> there it is. Someone had to say it. Someone had to say it. As you guys make camp to take care of the griffalo carcass and prepare it for travel as, as well as eating and, and everything like that, eating fresh meat tonight and, you know, packing up what you can to take along with you for the rest of the journey, you all see something incredibly strange on the horizon. You see a nine-foot-tall toddler. Game. Thank you so much for listening to episode 42 of Imprinted Echoes. If you'd like to follow our podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and at our website, imprintedechoes.com. That's where you'll find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store as well as our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I'd love to thank Patrick, Atan, and Jeremy for their continued support. If you'd like to help in other ways, take a moment to subscribe to our show, leave us a rating and review on whatever podcast will let you, and tell a friend about the podcast. As always, you can find our hosts on Twitter, myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media, at GLM Pods. Thanks once again for listening, and I hope you'll come back in two weeks to hear another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley, and is edited by Pat Mahood. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This is a Ghostlight Media production.